Hey guys, welcome to the 429 Podcast. I'm 9. I'm 2. And I'm 4. And welcome to the first TechCast, where we introduce the weekly news coming to you live in real time and discuss it. So you guys ready for the first TechCast? Yep. Let's start. Let's hit yeah, let's it. Let's start. All right, let's go, guys. So first things first, a lot of things have happened. Tremendous amount. Let's not go right into it. Let's start slowly, as we should. First things first, PlayStation, right? PlayStation Plus announced the four, the two new games for August, right? Uh, basically, the two games are going to be are a game called Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Very silly, very hilarious, challenge-filled online multiplayer party game. Mm-hmm. Think of it like Mario Party, like a very silly Mario Party, right? And the other game, which, you know, good favorite, is Modern Warfare 2, the remastered. Oh, Woo! man. So this is the new Modern Warfare campaign that just came out. And I believe, according to the feedback, this is the fastest turnaround time for a new game to be free on PlayStation Plus. Like, this game literally just came out. Now, hold up. Yeah, I have one like question. Yes, yes. Will it include multiplayer? No. no. Oh, This man. is the campaign, not uh, Modern Warfare, the multiplayer. Okay. So... So you can good. see why you can see why it's such a quick turnaround time because it's, it's not a full complete game. I guess mm-hmm. you could say that, but that's still amazing. And you know, I, I'm hearing good positive feedback about the campaign. So you know, that's amazing for anyone who still has PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and you guys could all see Ghost die again one more time. Spoilers, come that. on. Okay, spoiler come on, alert. We'll talk my, about bad. That. my bad, guys. My I'm bad. not trying to be tearful right now. Okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, all right. that's all for PlayStation. Let's move on real quick. You know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Next one, Pixel 4a. So. Okay. Now, I guess you guys don't know what the Pixel uh, A lineup is, but essentially they're like the, I don't want to say cheaper, but they're the more affordable lineup of their Pixel family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this one, latest rumors coming out that this one's going to be launched on August 3rd, literally next week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that literally August 3rd, you're getting basically the new lineup for Pixel A. Uh, but uh, a lot of people are not wondering if it's even relevant anymore uh if you guys didn't know the rumors about pixel 4a has been it's been constantly been delayed essentially mm. so it's been delayed i believe three times the announcement all the way back since uh march uh and it's been delayed and delayed a lot of people are now are basically saying uh do they even care right um so what do you guys think are you guys are you familiar with the pixel lineup yeah, yeah, definitely familiar with the Pixel lineup. I'm a huge fan of the Pixel lineup. It's just a really nice phone. And then when you're on the Google Find network, it's just incredibly fast, incredibly easy, incredibly onboard, incredibly easy to onboard and everything. And this phone has amazing specs. I'm looking at the specs right now, right? So we have like six gigs of RAM, right? Which is unheard of in a phone, right? USB-C charging, which is fantastic, plus an 18-watt quick charge. So can't you just charge from zero to 100 in like what? 10 minutes? It's, yeah, like crazy. Oh, and, and it's in the price, you know, the, the A lineup is like, they're talking about affordable. Like these are. Now, the question is, will it live up to the new iPhone SE, uh, which have been notorious, have been like famous for being so affordable in the lineup of the iPhone? Honestly, I think it'll beat out the SE, but that's just my own opinion on it. Well, you know, honestly, it's hard to say. I would have to see the phone in action. A lot of it's, you know, it's going to be buzzed when it first hits, right? And what I'm hearing is a, the, the feedback that I'm hearing from the community is it's kind of iffy right now. You know, they, they've they been burned out. That it's, it's coming, it's not coming, it's coming, it's not coming. And this is still not 100% confirmed. Once again, I'm going to say this is a rumor, right? So, you know, we could see August 3rd come by and nothing happens. So You know, I think that in terms of the United States alone, I do think the SE is probably still going to see, uh, still have seen better sales and whatnot. But yeah. when you start taking into account 
like the entire world and international sales, I think the Google Pixel 4a will probably end up beating it out. Personally, I think I find that uh, iPhones tend to do really, really well in the United States, um, and Androids tend to do really, really well kind of internationally. So we'll see, though. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, let's keep moving on. That's enough for uh, – well, we're not done with Google yet. Next thing with Google, and you guys probably have heard of this, is that Google will allow their employees to work from home until July 21. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, big, right? Uh, even for people who are not in tech, this is a, basically Google is setting a standard. They're, setting their, they're, they're being the first to set a principle, essentially, to not just tech companies, but any company right now with the pandemic going on, mm-hmm. right? So before this, Google has said their workers can stay home until the end of this year. But they have made an announcement that now it's up till summer of 2021. And this is primarily to help parents who are kind of like now on ease with, you know, with the children may or may not be going back to school, you know, with the next uh, mm-hmm. cycle of school education coming up. And, of course, to keep people protective as, you know, the cases are growing and numbers are rising, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge, as a big tech company and as a huge presence overall, this is, they're basically setting a standard and it's going to basically come down to how other companies will respond to this and if they're going to revisit their opening plans. Yeah, you know, this brings us back to that whole debate of work from home, work from office. I think, yep. uh, we dropped a podcast about that earlier, guys. If you haven't heard about it, go check it out. But like, you know, it's really interesting that do people want to work from home for the next full year, right? Majority from like the LinkedIn surveys I've been seeing is yes, but a lot of people are missing the office too and would rather go towards more of a semi-balance of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, like maybe three or four days working from home and maybe a day or two working from the office, right? Yeah. Yep. So this should be an interesting experiment to see. Like, obviously, we all know that the production is going to ramp up. We know Google's still going to come out with incredible things. All their employees are still going to do incredible, incredible engineering work, yep. right? Yeah, of course. But it's going to be interesting to see where people's sanity is going to be after a whole year of literally working from home. Like, of course. It's true. Like, how, how is the social aspect of that going to change? I was talking to a coworker today. And he was even like, yeah, like I forgot how to talk to people and it's only been like four or five months. So it's like, it's, it's gonna, really, it's, it's going to be really weird to see. It's yeah. Be it's really, weird. really interesting to see. Well, I mean, we talked about a new it. standard, I think, right. It's just going to be a new standard. It'll become the new normal. Eventually I think people will get used to it. I mean, you know, humans are resilient. We'll get used to whatever comes our way. I mean, being at home isn't as bad as it was in April right now, you know, in end of yeah. July, almost August. You know, it's almost become like the standard now. It's just like, I'm used to living like this, right? So, I mean, I think people are resilient, like I said, and I don't think things will be as bad as some people think they'll get. But, you know, what you said, that was a really good point where you're talking about, you know, schools potentially being closed again. I know there's a big fight to get them open, but I do still think there's a strong chance that they don't open again. Um, Yeah. And, you know, with a lot of people with their offices reopening, it it can create problems. You know, child care is expensive. Yeah, you got parents and stuff like that. So this is, you know, I'm really glad it was good for them. Yeah, I'm really hope that other you know companies follow suit. But you know, of course, every situ- every company is different. Every situation is different. Some can't even afford it. Some yeah. just can't. So we'll see how this goes. But you know, we talked all about this in our uh, on our previous podcast, and so we haven't talked much about. It. Let's move on. Uh, this is a very small one, um, but this is related to the iPhone. Now, I'm, mm. if you guys know me very well, I'm huge <laughs> on the iPhone rumors, right? Yeah. Huge Mac nerd, he is. Huge Mac nerd. <laughs> and this rumors have been going back and forth. But just to cap it all off right now, real quick, the new iPhones, right? They're going to be four new ones, essentially. Like, once again, they're going to be the regular and the pro lineup, right? Each of the each of them are going to have their own uh, plus version, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the, the cool thing about this new phone coming out is it's going to be one of the smallest iPhones in a while. We're talking about, like, the original SE size, 5.4 inches. Oh, wow. 
So, wow. and but, but we're having with the, you know, keeping in touch with the notch design, which we haven't seen yet. So it's a, it's a small, small, small form factor, but classic bezel-less design, you know? And and to add fire to that flame, there's uh, rumors coming out that the, the new iPhone will also have a smaller notch than the iPhone X and uh, iPhone hmm. 12. Oh, man. So it's crazy to see how that's going to look. Uh, there are some rumors already about the pricing. It's not looking good. We're talking about like 800 range still. Oh man. Uh, even we thought people have thought maybe with the smaller form factor it might be a you know more of an SE range price, but it seems like it's going to still be high. Not to mention that the pro lineup will start easily at uh, uh, grand. And worst thing is all, it seems like unfortunately the rumors are saying that the standard storage space is still going to be 64 gigs. Which I highlighted back and forth over and over again that I still think that's not enough. But if I'm not wrong, and now correct me if I'm wrong, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Sh- isn't this phone going to also support 5G? Yes. So this will also be the first one to support 5G, according to rumors. Now this could be, you know, it's all rumors. Things can change. Production. From out of here today, uh, the iPhone has went into PVT stage, which means like product uh, evaluation and testing. Okay. So, so you know. At this point, these, should, these rumors should be close to solidified, close to realism. But, you know, these can be also false rumors. We had false reporters all over, all over the years. So we'll see how it goes, but let's keep going. Now, big thing, we're going to go into the next topic. This next subtopic we're talking about is privacy, right? Mm-hmm. And and with privacy, we're going, to be, we're going to be starting off real quick with uh, a lawsuit. So Steve Wozniak and 17 others are suing YouTube for damages. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. for giveaway scams on their platform. He claims that they're not doing enough and that they're not preventing millions of dollars in cryptocurrency being used back and forth to scam millions. So, you know, this is still relatively new. Of course, there's lawsuits. We can't, there's not much details about it. As the, the case is still going on. But, you know, this, you know, he's a big figure in the tech industry. So this Yeah, is for-, for those of you who don't know, Steve Wozniak was one of the founders of Apple. So yeah. When he says something or when he does some an action like this in the tech world, it's a pretty big thing. Yeah. Heads will turn. Heads will turn, of course. And, you know, this is hurting heads even in the cryptocurrency uh, community. So this is uh, big, you know. This you is know, uh, this will be really interesting um, to see how it kind of deals with the Communications Decency Act and whatnot. Because these big tech companies, they have a lot of protections from that act. You know, it really yeah. protects them from getting kind of sued over content that gets put on their platforms, right? So, 100%. I mean... If they're if they're you know if they have those protections under the law, is that lawsuit really going to do anything? I mean, it might just seems like it could just be a big waste of money, you know. It could be. We'll so. see. Uh, well, I'll I'll keep track of this. We'll see as we go on if anything comes out of it. But that's pretty much it. Anyway, I want to keep moving forward because we got three big stories I want to talk about before we get to the main big story today, and that's going to be a little political, but we want to touch about it. Uh, so President Trump has said that he's considering banning TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is big. Uh, you know, as you know, TikTok has been in the news lately for, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, cases about being, you know, Chinese uh, based and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Trump has a big stance been against big tech. Uh, primarily, he believes that these big techs are purposely censoring uh, what's it called conservatives. Right. And that came out during the hearing as we'll talk later on. And now there, there isn't much going on. This is just a claim he's making, right? He claims his uh, admission is working, looking into it. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are actually pretty positive about this. Uh, they said that he should, there's something that should look over, at least look mm-hmm. into it. And, you know, hopefully we get more stories about that. Mm-hmm. Now, before you hold any feedback to that, 
I want to give you the second story, which ties directly to this. Mm-hmm. And that's TikTok says they will let U.S. regulators and private experts to look at their source code more closely. Mm. So in response, this is like literally the same day after the whole Trump announcement, uh, TikTok pledged that it will allow to to allow basically U.S. regulators, privacy experts, and all these to take a closer look to examine their source code, right? They haven't gave really close details about exactly what that means, like how closely, like are we, are we talking about like exact exact source code, black box, you know, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is big. Um, this is like pretty much the first, you know, real response they made with all the uh, accusements and criticisms they've been getting lately. Um, I just want to read you a quote that their community chief, Kevin Mayer, has said. He said, this is a move to how users, advertisers, creators, and regulators that we're responsible and committed members of the mm-hmm. American community that follows USA laws. So they're they're really keen on essentially showing that they're a USA company foremost and all. So yeah, guys- for why don't you start with an opinion? Because I know privacy is a huge expertise up your alley. You know, I really do care about privacy, but at the end of the day, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you got to give people the freedom to do what they want, right? I mean, we live in the U.S. and just banning an app, um, I don't really see that being positive in any way. Um, yes, I, yeah. I heard about this uh, this feedback. Actually, a lot of people are saying that essentially banning an app or a presidential act of banning an app can set a fairly dangerous predecessor. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the precedent that gets set would not be good. I don't like that yeah. at all. Um, I think it's got to be left up to the person. If the government wants to go ahead and kind of investigate these things and they can lay out the facts, I think that would be great. You know, kind mm-hmm. of give, get more people educated on the privacy risks that it brings. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's great that TikTok is willing to kind of open themselves up more to uh, U.S. regulators and other security and privacy experts. So I'm interested yes. to see what they say. And I mean, I don't see, I mean, personally, I kind of see this partially, believe it or not, as Apple's fault. Um, I yes. Mean, no. It's 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 2020. The iPhone has been out for so long. You know, the App Store and the app are, and the, kind of like the mobile app architecture that's been going around is kind of getting increasingly old now. I mean, yeah. how is it that Apple still allows apps to spy on its users like that, right? I mean, why is it that they can do and they have certain permissions on my phone that like I never allocated, right? So I mean, a lot like, of people have said a lot of people are saying that uh, they they like you're like you're saying exactly uh, app companies like Apple and Google should be the ones taking stance. And, yeah, you know, they, I mean, they, they have believe every they're... option to fix things, right? I yeah. mean, if they wanted to kind of further sandbox every app and really crack down on privacy and give user kind of the, the ability to decide exactly what the app has access to, I mean, this is where things need to go, right? Because TikTok's not the only app that does this. There's thousands of other actual malware apps that have no legitimate purpose, right? I mean, I'm sure you yeah. saw all the apps with, like, flashlights and calculators, and literally all they do is just spy on you, right? I yeah. mean, these things shouldn't... They just simply should not be possible. You should you should be able to control your your phone and dictate exactly what permissions your apps have. Um, and I mean, maybe there would have to be some type of kind of like user friendly way to do it, or they'd have to kind of make it a little bit better for the average person. But I mean, at least for people who can, we should have the ability to go in and change settings ourselves manually. So I would like to see something like that happen. I don't think Apple is completely and Google. I don't think any of the big app stores are completely blameless in this. Um, because the problem is bigger than just TikTok. Yeah, I'm going to counter that, actually. So I'm in the opposite side of this argument, right? Although I agree with you that Apple and Google should have more thorough review processes. And I know for a fact that they really do working with um, their app stores and everything personally, right? 
I think the biggest thing about this, and I'm not going to comment on Trump's policies or anything like that, but I think this is an interesting move from the U.S. Intelligence Committee and President Trump, just yeah. because it's really showing that the U.S. will take a stand against, you know, applications like this that chooses to spy on their citizens and sends data to a foreign entity that may or may not, you know, depending on how the U.S. views them, right, yeah. at that point in time. Of course. But what I want to bring to your point with Apple and Google reviewing these processes. Now, what I don't like about TikTok releasing their source code. Yeah. And you two can vouch for this as well, right? Although they're releasing source code, that's fantastic. But, you know, the way you only would release the source code if you have nothing to hide. In this case, what they can actually hide behind, right, is the use of other libraries or third-party libraries that they have created themselves and that link to other servers and everything. Now, you won't be able to get the code on those servers. Those are just binaries running. So it's going to be really hard, as you guys have seen, to actually reverse reverse and get that code. I mean, so what- I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up because, you know, as I mentioned to you guys way before, there was a Redditor who, who was, uh, whose job essentially was to reverse engineer apps mm-hmm. for a living. And he was the one, his report of uh, TikTok and his in-depth reverse engineering on it was that they use a lot of third-party libraries to basically exactly. monitor a and lot so of that's the point. So it's like, it's not TikTok's base source code that they could release the base source code publicly on GitHub or GitLab or whatever. Yeah. We would see it. We wouldn't even think twice about it. But the underlying third-party libraries that TikTok has developed that spies on its users, those won't be released, and that's how they'll get away with well, actually exposing the source code like this, I in my opinion. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's completely like that, right? So let's let's just say that, you know, for I'm example, gonna have to stop before. I'm going to have to stop before. Unfortunately, we can't keep going on this. This seems like a really good topic to talk about another week, though. So if you guys really want to hear about this, you know, please let us know because we can go on this very deeply. You know, we can yeah, definitely come back to this during our right to privacy episode. Yes. This is very like, we, so we can't, we can't piece. argue all of these problems, but if, if you get enough feedback about this, we will definitely talk about this, but we want to keep moving on because we have one big topic to talk about this for this week. Uh, this will be our last uh, small topic for our big one. And it's a, it's a simple one. If you guys heard last month, India took a stand actually quite opposite to what Ford wanted of banning Chinese apps. Uh, they banned 50 apps last month, right? Primarily Chinese ones due to the tensions rising between the two countries, right? Mm-hmm. Well, last this week, they banned 47 more. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, porn, uh, according to the reports, these 47 are primarily copycat ones that have been popped up since the last month's ban. Mm-hmm. So apparently since they, they banned the initial 50, some new basically replacements have been popping up in the app store and they've been banning these basically. So, you know, tensions are rising between these two. Very similar action from last month, but now there it, it shows that there's, you know, there's a back and forth tug of war war going on now on the digital frontier. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no. I, I do. I, uh, I'm yeah. not totally against this, right? So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like the idea, like I said, of telling people what they can and can't download. Like I said, it's of a course. bad precedent to set. But at the same time, you do have to protect your people. Um, and in the event that apps are proven to be espionage, I do think the United States has um, a place to step in and maybe not tell U.S. constituents that, hey, you can't download that app, but take it take it up with China, take it up with the government, right? I'm sure they're breaking international law by doing things like that. So the problem is so, now, like, we define as espionage, but it's not. Because you got to remember, TikTok was one of the initial 50 that were banned. 
And you so, have to remember, TikTok is also a private company. It's not a part mm -hmm. of the Chinese government. Yeah. So well, even the Chinese, the... the Chinese government has pulled in everything in China, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're required to listen to the government. If the government says do something, they are required to do it. They can't say no. So I would, they might not own it, but they pretty much they have, have ties. They have ties. Anyway, let's move on to the big topic. And if you guys been hearing anything lately or watch the news this week, the big topic in the tech world was the Congress hearing. That happened literally on the time of this recording yesterday, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so just to give a really brief overview to people who didn't hear about this, but essentially Congress wanted to uh, essentially talk to the big four techs. So we're talking about the CEOs of Apple, Amazon, Google, and um, Facebook. Facebook. And essentially they wanted to discuss a multitude of topics, right? Mm -hmm. The big overall question though, in this hearing was, do these big tech four companies have too much power? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to go over the topics real quick with you, right? And I give a really brief what's going on by exactly the examples and the, the talks that they had, right? Uh, the first big topic was the stealing of tech from China, right? So the congressman complained that uh, uh, are the Chinese taking tech from USA companies, right? Uh, a lot of companies, uh, a lot of the big four or that they're not sure if they're taking their own companies being taken. Mark said his uh, was uh, what's it called? 100% agrees that there are uh, reports that China is taking companies. Well, the other three did not uh, what's it called? Say they're not sure. So it was kind of like a blanket answer. They're, they're not sure. We'll look into it, right? The other big one was the use of forced labor, right? All four of them agree that this is something they don't agree with and that they will do, uh, do action to prevent this. Right, uh, and uh, we have the monopoly these companies have. The question, the overall question that congressmen, congresswomen were talking back and forth: Are these guys breaking the antitrust act that they're in place? And should a similar action that happened back in 1984 with AT&T should occur now again? Right? If you guys don't know the story about that, is that they they found that the Bell company was too big, and they purposely split it up in order to. Um, you know, regulate monopolies uh, from being too powerful, mm -hmm. right? Another thing that was on the topic list was the App Store and uh, mostly Apple's collection fee. Now, this is big, and this is being actually ringing on in the, in the uh, what's it called, the news community for a while, even after the hearing. And I'll get more into that a little bit. Uh, and finally, the two, big, the two uh, big things that they really focus on, right, Yep. is how they're punishing small businesses and destroying them, how they treat, how they threaten their competitors and slowly buy them out, and how uh, conservatives, a lot of actually on the Congress, ask if if these guys, these big big tech companies, are censoring them online, and if they're doing anything to purposely prevent uh, censoring of one political side to another, right? Mm -hmm. So, what do you guys think based on these topics so far? Yeah, let me start off. I would say right. So I'll go tech company by tech company and then give my opinion, but then I'm also going to bring up an interesting point. Yeah. So with Google, you know what? I see what they say by Google having the majority of share of the search engine world. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, it has its competitors. It has DuckDuckGo. It has Bing. It has Yahoo Search, right? They may not be as good as Google Search. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But there are competitors out there, and we choose as consumers to use Google just because it's a better product. If someone comes out with a search engine tomorrow that's a better product than Google, 
I can pretty much assure you that they will go and use that search product versus Google's, right? Like what we've seen with the, a, like we've seen with the Bing. Say, what would you say about the predecessor that a lot of congressmen said were that if there was a, a better one, uh, wouldn't Google just buy them out before they get even dangerously close to them? Well, see, here's the best part about this. So Google can buy them out, mm -hmm. but every merger and acquisition goes through the SEC. Mm -hmm. The SEC is a government-regulated body, and the SEC can approve or disapprove of that merger or acquisition occurring. So there are checks in place for taking care of something like that. That's so true. I don't, so I don't personally see an issue with Google attempting to buy. It may, may it may or may not go through, as we've seen with certain mm -hmm. deals, right? But with other deals, right, it can go through. Hundred percent. Let's agree go with that. into let's go into Facebook. Facebook's an interesting one because you know Facebook houses multiple social media platforms underneath its realm, mm -hmm. right? But there are competitors to Facebook as well. Not as strong competitors, I would say, in the social media realm. But you have your Twitter, you have your Snapchat, you have TikTok, you had you had Vine at one point, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have these other social media platforms to compete with, right? And to post about your life. You know, you still even have like MySpace is still out there too, right? Yes. But again, it comes back down to building a better product than Facebook to, or having a bigger reach than Facebook to actually incorporate. If you guys don't know the story about Facebook's reach, I highly encourage you to read up on it. They had a very smart business tactics when they were coming up, and it's a very interesting yep. read. I would highly recommend it. Let's go on to Apple. This one's an interesting one, right? I don't know why they're even there. I'll be straight up. I don't know why Apple's there. They have the minority sales for cell phones. They have the minority sales for computers. They have the minority sales for... Um, for uh, uh, what do you call it? Damn, uh, for tablets and everything. So I don't even know why Apple is even there. I don't know why Tim Cook is there. To be honest, well, with you, a lot, he, a lot of people, a lot of people mentioned that he should be there due to the fact that um, uh, they're dealing with the Chinese, so well, they do a lot of businesses in China. Yep. And which is ironic because I I, I watched the whole uh, hearing, right? Uh, they they mostly grilled on uh Google, in fact, for these things. When in fact Google hasn't done many major uh, business dealings, uh, like to the comparison of Apple. That's fair, yep. but Apple's manufacturing out there, which mostly every major U.S. company is manufacturing out there. So you can't even come back and tell me that that's an issue well, with yeah. Apple. Also, keep in mind in that, that case, they do have uh, they do have a lot of share on the messaging market right now. iMessage, I think, is one of the if not the most commonly used uh, messaging apps in the world. They brought this back. Uh, um, they brought this up in the hearing. And also, you have to keep in mind. Um, the App Store, right? I mean, they're taking the a lot of, almost taking advantage of the people that put apps on their App Store. So that was another big topic they went over. The big thing they went on was the collection fee that Apple has, mm -hmm. right? Where uh, even congressmen were really unsure on like how the the, the you know the model works. Sometimes thirty percent, sometimes twenty percent, depends on the year. The first two years, yeah. and it's forty percent if it's a subscription based one. So like kind of like, and a lot of the things that kept going on and back and forth was that um. That you know, it's fine if Apple has a stance, right? That every every developer is the same, but these congressmen have brought up reports that that's not the case with certain companies, right? Mm -hmm. If they mm -hmm. if they make a deal, for example, one that people has been throwing back and forth on the and the and the internet was uh, the deal that Apple had with uh, Amazon years back, where they lowered the fee that they needed to get the Kindle Books app on mm -hmm. the App Store. So like this is a this is the type of things that the the Congress was talking about how like. Sure, it's fine. You can have a collecting revenue and keep it thirty percent, but then when we see it fall twenty percent to some companies for favoritism, that's when we have issues. You know? Yep. That's fair. That's fair. But again, that's I I can't comment on business strategies and stuff. Maybe they had other incentives for it. But what my main point was for Apple, like that's true. They have the App Store 
you know, domination there. But like we brought up in other talks, on our other podcast talks, you can easily jailbreak an iPhone and have your own version of the App Store on there if you want to. Or, or you have the Google Play Store on Android if you want to actually switch over to an Android platform. Yeah. On top of on top of that, right, I don't understand why Apple's biggest competitor, Microsoft, isn't even at this hearing, considering Microsoft is used by 90% of the computers in the world. I believe so, uh, Bill Gates was already had his hearing um, solo, actually. A few but Bill, ago. I don't know why Bill Gates would even attend, considering he's not even involved in Microsoft. Yeah, he's not, he's, not, he's not even involved. You're right, 100%. He's not involved. Yeah, he's more, he's more of a advisor or anything to the whole tech. Exactly. Community. So I don't understand why they didn't bring Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, to this antitrust hearing, yeah. because I think that's definitely some consideration that needs to be brought up also for Microsoft. But yes. stepping that aside, the last tech company was Amazon, right? Yep. Yes. This is an interesting one, right? Because there has been evidence and facts if you go by traditional monopoly laws, right? Again, not a lawyer here, but from my interpretation of my understanding of the law to how Amazon's applied it, right? They have big lawyers. So they definitely know more than me. But they've definitely done tactics that is very similar to what we've seen, you know, back in the oil monopoly days and stuff like that, right, mm -hmm. with online retail. To be fair, though, I have to credit Jeff Bezos and the whole Amazon team. They took advantage and they saw a market opportunity that was extremely huge mm -hmm. that other companies such as Sears being the biggest notable one didn't really take advantage of. But, you know, it, it's it's an interesting topic to hear. I don't know if we have that much time remaining to actually go into no, like, the whole no. <laughs> nitty gritty of it. I would really suggest we make a make a podcast topic around this, but let's see what everyone wants yeah. to hear. I think, yeah. Paul, do, you have, do you have any points? Yeah, so, it? I mean, I, I also kind of want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Um, you know, we have this whole 100%. pandemic going on right now, and, I mean, Amazon really stepped up. I mean, they've been probably the one, one of the biggest factors that really assist everybody in this pandemic. Like, you know, you're immunocompromised, you can't go out, you can get everything you could ever need off Amazon, right? Their shipping yeah, dates right. are incredible. Their suppliers are They're incredible. really good, man. Like, everything has been flawless, right? I mean, we're talking about ever since the beginning, I'm getting my Amazon packages early. Like, early I'm getting my packages, you know? So, I mean, they stepped up as a company, and, I mean, they filled that gap. And, I mean, if there was a smaller company out there that didn't have the money and resources Amazon had, this pandemic might have been very different. might have been very 100%. different. I agree. You know, they, you know, they mentioned this, actually, in... Uh, but one of the things they twisted on this was the idea of like price scarcity yep. and the price mm -hmm. coaching, which is a big thing that they mentioned, and also counterfeits on Amazon yep. uh, markets, right? So they mentioned that uh, basically how these, if Amazon's doing enough to prevent mm -hmm. counterfeits, and if they're aware of these counterfeits, then they act purposely and active to prevent these, and also price gouging during the pandemic, were they purposely pricing guard, yeah. uh, pricing eyes up, or were they not? You know, uh, I think, uh, you know. Bezos said something really, um, I think he responded pretty well in that regard. He pretty much said that, you know, no one could have predicted the scale of the pandemic that we had, right? Mm -hmm. No one could have predicted this, the, the, just the outburst of the, of, the, of the tragedy that happened. So uh, he says that, of course, Amazon didn't act, uh, you know, react to it as best as they could. Uh, but they did it as best they could with the given situation mm -hmm. and the given resource and the given time. And you know what? I 100% I, I agree. Like you said, you know, Amazon could never predict this. No one could predict this. Yep. And yeah. could there could have been, you know, some price gouging and some manipulation in, in the market? Sure. Yep. But like, it's but, Bezos, to... but Jeff Bezos and the whole Amazon team was ready for something, a situation like this, which you cannot say for any other major company. Mm -hmm. Jeff they, Bezos had... They, they basically they said uh, yeah. they basically said that it was unheard of for them. Uh, exactly. They basically, they basically had a holiday uh, shopping spree in the middle of March. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they were not which... prepared for this type of population burst and, and uh, overall demand. 
And you know what? Like Floor said, he they really stepped up, and you know I, I've been consistently getting my packages on time. And you know, real quick, just I to agree. kind of uh, give one other point here um, on companies like Facebook, I do think that in the past a uh, couple months, couple years, we have seen. Um, I think they saw this coming, right? These meetings, they've really kind of seen this coming, and I mean. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook team have been making moves to kind of consolidate their platforms into a single app or kind of get them closer together. I think hope, I think kind of hoping that the more closely related their entire ecosystem is, uh, the harder it will be for them to be broken up. Um, and I don't know if you guys have saw, but more recently Mark Zuckerberg was even publicly defending not being, uh, not providing censorship on his platform. So, I mean, a lot of big tech companies are really into censorship and they're kind of you know, censoring posts and taking things down that they say are misinformation. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg was taking a stand against that. And I kind of, in the back of my mind, I think he knew this was coming. And him not kind of applying censorship to posts on his platform for that period of time was kind of just a stance of something he could do to refer back to and be like, no, look, look, see, they were all censoring stuff. I wasn't. I wasn't censoring, right? Like, I think he, he had point. the most foresight out of everybody up there. That's a good point. You know, honestly, we can go back and forth on this. There's a lot of things to talk about. This is not just a five-minute talk that they had. Yeah. They went in endless topics, and the topics I just discussed was only a small uh, fraction of what they talked about. Yep. So you know what? Honestly, if you guys want to hear more about this, you know, we can really deep dive into this mm-hmm. and really give you the nitty-gritty of, from especially from our point of view, we have a very unique point of view that this is, uh, this is very tech-based. Mm-hmm. So we would love to go into this, see. Uh, what's going on, and you know our, our honest feedbacks and opinion on this. But you know, unfortunately, time is wrapping up. So let me just end this with one last topic for you guys. And you, I think you guys are really gonna love this one. Now, you guys heard of Herman Miller? Mm-hmm. No. All right. Well, if Herman, if you don't know what Herman Miller is, and I'm not, for anyone out there, Herman Miller is basically a luxury uh, furniture brand, right? They they deal with yep. exotic, pricey cha- office chairs and stuff <laughs> like that. That's pretty much. Pretty much like if you want the most comfortable chair that will break your bank, Terman Miller is the type of place to go. Yep. Well, they announced that they're partnering with Logitech to make a fifteen hundred dollar gaming chair. Sold. What? I'll take two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now this is not your typical gaming chair. Now Herman Miller said that they went to pursue this with Logitech because they were basically frustrated with the the recent uh pour of bright color leather gaming chairs and really are ergonomics designs, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to show that you can have a gaming chair that looks good in the office, but also works well when you're, you know, you know, standing up and ready to throw down in the battle royale. So, you know, this is not a cheap chair, right? We're talking about $1,500, right? Yep. But it's Herman Miller. So that's actually pretty cheap for Herman Miller, which goes around two grand easily. Oh, yeah. And this is, comes with a 12 year warranty. Oh, that's nice. So, so they're they're really guaranteed, and they said it themselves. They're not in the whole warranty business. When they say twelve years, they say twelve years, and that's with full twenty-four hour usage. Oh, that's because you basically using yeah. the chair twenty-four hours. So there's a little little thing to finish off. Personally, if I had the money, I would buy it right now. I wouldn't, even if I do have the money. Like, well, then I'll buy fifteen hundred on a chair. Well, I'll buy it with two's bank account easily. Well, I think I think see. it's I think they've got long lasting benefits. I mean, you know, think about it. Your posture would be better, you'd be more comfortable at your desk, you're less likely to get carpal tunnel and arthritis. It has, it like, has copper infused fibers. It has a lightweight material. It keeps it keeps the user cool. We're talking about yeah. aerospace technologies in an office chair while looking. Classy. I think I think yeah, you might I'm be a- underestimating the the good of a good chair. 
Yeah, I'm gonna stick to my fifty dollar chair from Staples, and I don't think I'm gonna change my mind on that one for the foreseeable future. All right. But, well, your bank guys, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been TechCast. Let us know your thoughts. This was our first episode, our first foray into all of this. Mm-hmm. So let us know what you think, what news stories you guys want to hear. You know, maybe if you guys want us to cover more, some of more of these topics in depth, like the antitrust one, uh, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, we're also on the429podcast.com. You can also contact us there. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I ha- I'm good on my end, guys. Anything else you guys want to add before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy that chair with two's bank account. I guarantee I will do a review on the YouTube channel, and uh, <laughs> and you'll, you'll just watch for that coming up soon. All right, all right. All right. This has been TechCast from the 429 Podcast. Have Thank a good you guys weekend. so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys in the next TechCast and our new episode dropping this Sunday. Yep. Bye-bye. Take care, I'll stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.